there. I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we review the tense culinary thriller, The Menu, discuss Jeremy Renner's snowplot tragedy, and talk IMDb's most anticipated films of 2023. So remember to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. Stick around. Now, baby, let's run. Welcome in to another episode of Our Taste is Trash. I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And uh, yeah, that was some different uh, intro music, uh, Jade, <gasps> uh, in honor of yes. uh, not the late, yeah. but the... the uh, recently injured. Recently injured, yeah. uh, Jeremy Renner. Not, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. Like <laughs> we, we do wish Jeremy well. Um, a bizarre story, though. Like You, yes. you know why I'm laughing? It's because we were talking about this, Jade, and I, I thought it was a fake story at first. Oh my god! If you see a headline, this is Jeremy Renner got run over by a snowplow. You just immediately think, is this the Onion? I thought it was. I thought it was. Well, well I thought it was a prank. And I was looking on Twitter. This was actually happened. I don't, I don't know if you follow the NFL, but there was a big story this week with uh, <laughs> no. this player called Demar Neymar. Hamlin, yeah. where he got tackled and his heart stopped on the field. They had to cancel the game. They yeah. had to revive him twice, and this all happened apparently around the same time. So I'm looking at news from the NFL going, wow, this is totally insane on like Monday. And I see it. I stumble across a tweet from James Gunn. And he's like, "Thought our thoughts are with Jeremy Renner. And I'm oh like, God. what, James, what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? Jeremy Renner. There was like no stories. I had to dig up like, it, it wasn't even TMZ. It was some rag entertainment story had picked this up and were like, Jeremy Renner was run over by a snowplow. And I was like, this has got to be a bit. Oh my God. I thought it was like maybe something to do to promote an upcoming movie. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Holy shit. He actually got run over by a fucking snowplow. And what's sad about this is apparently he lives in in Reno, Nevada. Yeah. And they got. Which like who knew? During I guess during that cold snap that, you know, Mm -hmm. they got a ton of snow over there or something. And he was in this community and he was actually out there with a. I don't know if he owns this this like snowplow machine or Sounds something. Sounds like he owns it. Cause he said he he went to go get his piston bully, and I was like, oh, so I think he owns it. Yeah. So I, it sounded like he was actually like t- towing his car out of the snow and yeah. actually helping neighbors do stuff. And it was like a freak accident. He was getting out uh, to unhook the car or something like that, and apparently didn't put it in gear or yeah. something happened with the plow. And it started rolling backwards, and you know you do that thing where you try to like jump up or. Try to grab the gear. Try to so, do the Karate Kid three yeah, so, move. So you yeah. try to like jump up into the seat to like stop it, and that's yeah. when everything went wrong. He like slipped and it ran, like literally ran over him. So oh. it's crazy. A- apparently, he's doing better though. Uh, it said he's still in the ICU, but yeah. he tweeted out a few photos. He's mm-hmm. talking a little bit, so he's awake. And uh, but says he has a long road to recovery. But yeah, I bet. Hopefully, he, we'll see him in something uh, fairly soon. Yeah, I mean, I, how quickly do you think the Marvel writers are um, oh. coming up with? <laughs> Jade, I think I think <laughs> as soon stories. as that James James Gunn tweet went out, oh, I yeah. think they were doing rewrites of every Marvel yeah. thing. I think that had Kevin to do with Feige had yeah. everyone on the phone that he possibly uh, could, and was like, "Guys, emergency meeting." <laughs> I think they immediately, you know, kind of like there's a. a with the vice president or something happens to the president oh, yeah, the news like, programs they have it prepared like oh, de- eulogies or whatever well i was thinking more of like you know when when something happens like the uh, president has to go into surgery yes and they immediately like elevate the vice president and they like put him in a secure location yeah. 
I feel like that was like Haley Seinfeld. They're like, okay, uh, Hawkeye, uh, who has eyes on Haley? They yeah. like the Cinnavan. They picked her up. They like yes. made sure she was saved. And they're like, yeah. okay, a new protocol. And she's like, what the fuck's happening? They're like, this is in your contract. Yeah. Page 78. Yeah, whatever. Subclause 42. And she's like, what Fine the fuck? Fine print. Like, yeah. you, uh, you cannot do anything. You cannot get injured because no. Jeremy is down. They're Jeremy like, they're is like, down. The hawk is down. The hawk yeah, is down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we do wish you all the best, Jeremy. We Renner. do, Jeremy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just wild. Wild. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he was like, he's just an all around decent guy. Like, he's out there in the snow, literally helping people. And yeah. you know what I mean? He like, just seems like he's an average dude, to be honest. Why can't terrible things like this happen to, like, you know, why can't this happen the Chris to- Pratt's of the world? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. Anyway, lots of news because we. We came back uh, from the new year, did our Trashy show. Yes. And we've been catching up on so many different shows. And we're not going to talk about all of them right now. But yeah. one, of course, that we named. the tra- I think it was the Trashy show. Yes, of we did. 2023. Yeah. Emily in Paris. Jade, just some, some initial thoughts on that. And then I want to talk about something that they actually yeah. did to... I don't know, help the people of Paris, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I mean, like we said, trashy a show because it's not great, but it's just so easy to watch. And this season to me, I think um, Emily, again, continues just to be the worst person. But (laughs) I (laughs) really hated how much they just dragged down Camille's character. I think she started out as this great, strong person and she you know was really genuine friends with Emily and I think they had a really strong connection there and I hated that they did the classic like pitting two women against each other especially over a man thing um and then I just felt like they made her into this kind of like untrustworthy kind of like mean bitch I don't know I just I didn't enjoy that I, I totally agree. Like, Kemi I think is one of the most wasted characters in the show over the you know three seasons yes. because she was this somewhat intelligent, interesting French woman in season one, and yeah. then just evolved into this. I don't even care about her problems anymore. Well, because like I said, she's just a, a, a like a folly. Like she's basically um, supposed to be almost like Emily's like villain. You know, like she's yeah. yeah, like and it sucks because it's like I don't think that she should be the bad guy. Like the no. whole point of like her character was kind of like bringing Emily into the French fold, like showing yeah. her how to be like in Paris and they took all of her Frenchness away from her you know what I mean like she doesn't act like I think someone even a creator I was watching on TikTok made a comment about this in season two like she doesn't act she in season one very much acted chic elitist French yes in season two and three she is none of that she almost acts more American than Emily does sometimes yeah no so I I wasn't a big fan of that although I finally they gave her best friend um and I don't know why her name is escaping Mary now but like she, the one that used to be a nanny and the singer, she yeah. actually has a great storyline. I felt like seasons one and two, they weren't giving her anything. I didn't enjoy season two, the weird subplot of her being like a street busker. I was Mindy like, what the Chen. fuck is Mindy? Yes. That's what it is. Mindy in the show. Yep. But I think this season, she actually had a decent storyline. So I was... I was happy about that. I would watch a whole spinoff just with, with her. With I her did character. too. Because I think she is more interesting than freaking Emily. Like, she actually, like, the whole storyline of, like, her selling drugs at the Swiss boarding school, like, going on Chinese Idol, being the heiress of, like, a zipper empire. Like, there's just so many more things. And I'm like, I want to know about, like, what's going on with her. Not, I'm sorry, but Emily with her horrendous Instagram posts that who the fuck is liking this? Oh, they, yeah, much less, how, like, 10,000 fucking how people. How did she make the cover of a magazine for, like, new tastemakers or whatever in Paris and she's number one uh, you're lying to me 
You're fucking lying no. to me. I can't. I literally can't. Makes no sense. I was like, okay, yeah. sure. And then she get. Oh, and let's not forget a uh, spoiler here. Uh, she also gets her friend a Michelin star. Yes. After being open <laughs> after the restaurant's only open what like six months or something. Yes. Oh, and, and he gets made a partner in the restaurant and changes the whole name of the restaurant. Yeah, it's, Josh, when that happened, I was like, yeah, okay, like this woman. I'm sorry, but it's like. <laughs> one little American woman does not just come into Paris and then makes all these things happen for French people that have never happened you know, It's starting to really feel like uh, Fifty Shades of Grey in terms of like, oh, I because oh, you what, just what, like what, fell into that. Just and, fell into oh, a role. It's, it's because her friend was supposed to do the interview with Christian Grey, but she was sick, so she yeah. made her go, and then she just like magically like captures attention <laughs> of the most wealthiest eligible bachelor. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. It's, yeah, almost... Uh, Anyway, one thing I found interesting, because this whole show is about a marketing firm, essentially, yeah. that Emily works at. Which is the biggest joke of it all. It, it, yeah. The idea is she comes up. I, I can't even I go can't, into that. Yeah, yeah. We'll be here. I'll show. Yeah. But one of the clients she gets, by chance, is McDonald's. And <laughs> one of the products they're pitching is the McBaguette. Or does she pitch the McBaguette? No, it's um her boyfriend has the contract, and he's offering it to them. And he said that they're trying to bring the McBaguette to Paris, but they want a marketing firm because they're like, the French obviously are not going to be excited about a new product coming from McDonald's. So, so did you know this was a real thing before the show? I no, thought it was totally I fake. I Googled it. I thought it was made up. No, I Googled it after yeah. because I was like, I saw the, um, they were eating it and I was like, well, they would have to get permission from McDonald's. Sure. Well, because they had all the logos, so they would yes, have to. Well, yeah. exactly. So that's why I was like, oh, they would have to get permission from McDonald's. And I was like, so I wonder if they like actually made them a McBaguette to eat because they are eating it in the show. And then turns out. It's a real thing. So this yeah. is what it actually is. I was because I was like, what is actually in the Mac- McBaguette? Because I don't really remember on the show what they were eating. I know it was like a baguette sandwich. It had some stuff in it. Yeah. What it is, is you receive a baguette sandwich with a couple of hamburger patties lettuce mustard and cheese in the middle some do chicken tenders instead of beef patties that is not what i want on a baguette i was thinking breakfast i was i wasn't even thinking that i was thinking more like when i think baguette i'm thinking like ham or yeah, like something just a else. More like, traditional sandwich. Not a burger. I don't want a burger on a fucking baguette. Or like you could even be tacky to do like a French onion sandwich. Like whatever. Jade, could you see French people eating like a burger? If, if on I a said baguette? I'm gonna put I'm gonna put shredded lettuce on a fucking baguette. I feel like they'd be like Get I'm sorry, but nothing upsets me more than McDonald's shredded lettuce. Yeah. On a fa- I can't. It's worst. Yeah. You can't give me a whole goddamn lettuce leaf. This isn't a taco. So apparently, this is though a real partnership. This is they're promoting this, bringing the McBaguette back. They they first launched it in 2012. Makes sense. Brought it back in 2021 for a short period, and now <laughs> it's available with the marketing of Emily in Paris. So you can, but it's only in France. So if you're in France at a McDonald's, and you know the French are raging. Uh, oh, are but, they going to shut down the metro again? I, I, as they, oh, oh. As they riot there was some rioting, and I think this is part of it. I think this is I, this is the reason. As they should. Although you know what, I do like the sides. It does come with fries, a drink, and two macarons. I'll take the macarons. Right? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Honestly, if you have, if a big baguette was just a baguette with some butter, you know what? That's the one thing I, I'm not a down. fan of. You know, some people are a fan of like going to try fast food in different countries like yeah. i've never i don't really care about that so i will say i did go to mcdonald's in rome uh, and how was that really good was it really I, this is surprising. Really good. 
<laughs> but when I saw the macarons and that's a thing, I would go to McDonald's to try that. Yes. In like just that. Yeah. Like I don't I don't want to eat a Big Mac in fucking France or somewhere else. No, we got stuff that was on the menu that like they didn't serve in the US. Yeah. And the only reason I feel like I have to have a caveat. The only reason we were there is because we were on a tour group and we had like only so many i'm not even joking it was like we were dropped off at this piazza we had like only so many minutes before to get back on the bus and i was fucking starving so you know what i found traveling a lot of places you don't have to make excuses for anything because fuck people like you know what most people don't go travel anyway and uh you know what you do what you want (laughs) it's my money yeah go fuck fuck everyone yeah uh we did have something that we were going to talk about, but we got an update literally today. Mm, we, yes. I think we've already talked a lot about Wednesday, the mm-hmm. show, and how much we liked it. But there was some controversy that we had heard because it is produced by MGM. Oh, my God. And there's been, I don't know if it's a merger or just a business deal between Amazon and, and MGM in terms of getting Amazon getting some of their content. Yeah. But it was... A rumor because Netflix hadn't at the time greenlit a season two mm-hmm. that Amazon Prime may end up getting this the season, season two. two. Yeah, because Which, of that deal. Ugh, would be fucking chaotic. You know, what it I mean? would be right because they wouldn't own season one, right? Or maybe they would, or maybe they would eventually get it. But I mean, well, th- look what happened with uh, Netflix and Marvel. Remember, they Disney Plus, yeah, took all of their Marvel shows off of Netflix. True. Which, by the way, so shitty. You could have worked out a deal to be like. We have them on our streaming platform, and they're also on your streaming platform. Yeah. Because I'm like, they're the ones that created them. Like, they put all the money in it to make it happen before they owned it. So, like, what the fuck? Sorry. But apparently, Netflix got their act together, and they just said yes to a season two. So, we're not going to have to worry about a split, nice. you know, episode or split seasons on different yeah. streaming platforms. Because I'm sure, even with season one, there's probably some kind of limitation to that contract. So, yeah. I'm sure it's not like a year or something like that. Mm-hmm. So... They probably would have. You probably would have had to go to Netflix to see season one, yep. and then Amazon to see season, season two, two, and that's that's a fucking mess. And I think, like, what do you think, Jay? Do you think this is something that Netflix is looking at to maybe replace some of the shows that are rolling off, like Stranger Things? I think it is because you know they announced um, after the premiere of Wednesday that it was the most watched show, and it actually knocked season four of Stranger Things out of the running for like the most watched. And I think that. This, along with a couple of their other fantasy shows as well, I think they were been trying to gear up to fill those those slots for Stranger Things. And because it also hits that teen market again, which that's, I'm sorry, that's where the money is. So that's Those are well, the people that are yeah. buying the merch and the and the toys and the all the other bullshit that comes along with Going it. Going to the Comic-Cons. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, essentially. So it's like, it's the right age demographic, but then you also hit nostalgia of kids of the 90s who used to watch, you know, the movies with Christina Ricci, but then you can even get, you know, Gen X and older who used to watch the original TV show. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, Jade, it is 2023, as we know now. Yes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Here yeah. we are. And of course, we're looking forward to a whole new slate of TV shows that are coming out and movies. But IMDb just launched an official list. They blew out news releases. They put it all over their social media. They said these are the top most anticipated, top 10 most anticipated movies of 2023. Some of these I completely agree with. If this is an actual order, I don't understand it. And uh, some of these, I don't even know why they're on the list. But let's <laughs> let's kind of go through the bottom five, and then we can maybe hone in a little more on the top top five here. But first up, number ten, Ant Man and the Wasp, <laughs> Qu- Quantumania. I, I mean, I guess 
I guess. You know, I, I think it's because it's from the original era of, of Avengers. So I think people are just excited to get back to that, you know? Yeah. I guess. Uh, the Expendables 4 at number nine. <laughs> okay, that one. Who, who's, who's in, who, who do you know has come up to you, Jade, and has been like, hey, hey Expendables 4 coming out. When are we going? No. It's going to be right wing men in pickup trucks who have salt life and <laughs> thin blue line stickers on their yeah. trucks. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say something, but I can't even. I, n- nope. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no. I, I would not feel. Let's just say I wouldn't feel safe sitting in a theater with the experience for no. it. It's no. no. Don't. No. Here's one I can finally get on board with. But I think this is low. This is a, We still have eight more movies to go. And number eight, John Wick Chapter Four. That's wild. I obviously I know this should be anticipated, I, but for it to be number eight. Dude, I've already decided after seeing number two, I would go see every single one of these movies. If there were 75 chapters, I would see every single one until I don't care if, if fucking yeah. Keanu Reeves is 98 years old. I'll still I go see will watch John Wick until Keanu Reeves dies. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he keeps making them until he dies. I hope he just this is just in his yeah. contract. Let's Excuse make, me. Here's yeah. Ford Indiana Jones. <laughs> We're getting to that, Jade, because at number seven, a travesty that Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. What the fuck does that even mean? There's no details on IMDb, by the way, of this movie. It just, oh, we know Harrison Ford is going to be in it. And that's it. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, is that is that man like 80? He's literally 80. I, I looked this up I, before the show. What is he doing? I, what? I ha- okay, he is hasn't this had Shia LaBeouf. That's in the what, okay. Last that's one? exactly it. The Crystal Skull or whatever. I mean, it sucked, but the whole purpose of that film, I think, was like he's just be passing, you know, the whip on to his son essentially. And yeah. although that, that's a terrible sounding sentence, but <laughs> you know, the hat, I guess, over to like his son to like take over the indie franchise. But obviously, Shia LaBeouf wasn't capable of doing that. Yeah. But I guess Harrison Ford like refuses to give up the role. I actually we do we don't have any I should say we don't have a plot for this movie yet, but we do have some of the cast. We have Mads Mickelson, Antonio Banderas, and Ooh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. Yep, Phoebe Waller Bridge, uh, Toby Jones. So a lot of familiar faces in this film. I just I I don't know what to say. Like I Is don't he gonna care. be like running from danger at eighty? I don't know. That's what I mean. Like, is he in a wheelchair? Like, I don't understand what we're going to be. What's the dial? Like, I don't, I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. The director, I mean, at least is good. I mean, they got James Mangold to direct this. He did Logan, Ford versus Ferrari, Walk the Line. So, I mean, you know, they're putting all the A-list things in this movie, but I just don't care. Like, I'll just wait for it to come out on some streaming service. I don't care. Yeah. You know what? John Reese davies wasn't he in Indiana Jones before? I think he might have been. I think, oh, yes, he was Sala from Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade. Okay. Holy shit. Well, there you go. And then Steven Spielberg, I guess, stated that Indiana Jones won't be killed off in this movie. So that's why. What? How? How? <laughs> how old are the bad guys? Are they 80? Because, I mean, he's not chasing down Nazis anymore. Well, are they all in a retirement home just may- yelling at each may- other? Maybe he is chasing down Nazis because they're all like, you know, any of they those guys, are, they're 95 <laughs> at this point. So. He's still got 15 years on him. Jesus maybe. fucking Christ. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, number six is where I, you know, I start to warm up. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this being at six, even though it is a Chris Pratt movie. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers movie. I'm yeah. a little bit excited about this. I'm excited for this. Yeah. yeah. You have, also have Anya Taylor-Joy in yes. this from mm-hmm. Queen's Gambit and our movie this week, which we'll talk about in a minute, The yes. Menu, and Charlie Day. Like, uh, 
Yeah. Love it. Jack Black is fucking Bowser. You have Key as Toad. Like So good. It's yeah. And Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Is that right? <laughs> I'm looking through this list as we're talking. I didn't look through the whole list. So I'm just scrolling and like Yeah, it's, it's all a great cast. Great cast. I don't know what they're thinking, uh, with Mario, but <clears throat> I mean, you know, you know? We, we all make mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with that. And then of course, I think this might be a little bit low, honestly, but the Little Mermaid, the new one from Disney oh, Plus yeah. at number five. I'm I, excited about this. This is where I think the list starts to go a little bit right. Yeah, and I think this one's going to be great because obviously there was so much controversy surrounding this film, but I think that Halle Bailey is going to knock it out of the park. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be great. I, I'm, I'm really excited for this. I Same. don't often get excited for remakes, especially Disney reboots. Yeah. But they've made a conscious decision to do something yeah. different. And so also, I'm excited to see it. I feel like because it's was a Broadway musical as well and they adapted some of it for the Broadway musical and I feel like if they pull from that they have a good shot of making this actually you know a a decent adaptation because this is one of my all-time favorite Disney movies so for them to like live action it this is I mean Little Mermaid for those of us who grew up in the classic animated Disney area like one of the best animated Disney the 90s was the best era of Disney animation this and this was really probably one of the first movies you watched as a child like Little Mermaid it came out in 1989 yeah that and Bambi like were probably the first two and then you went on to things like The Lion King Aladdin Aladdin yeah yeah, exactly Hercules yeah I mean you can go on and on from there but I mean literally the best era of animation at Disney and this was one of the, like, firsts that you would yeah. have seen. Um, here's, again, where the list, for me, goes a little bit off kilter for the IMDb list. <laughs> At number four, it's a little high. Like, I know I'm going to see this movie. I don't know that it's going to draw me into the theater, but Oppenheimer. Mm. This is directed by, you know, it's it's all-star cast. Yeah. So uh, directed by Chris Nolan, which is already enough to get people, I think, to go watch it. But also you have, uh, in the movie, you have Killian Murphy, Emily Blunt and Matt Damon. Uh, also, uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a small role. So, and I think I'm, it might be good, but I think it's going to drag ass. Like, you know what I mean? I think you're right. I mean, uh, I mean, we also have the likes of uh, Florence Pugh and Gary Oldman. So, I mean, again, all star cast. It, yeah. It, 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 and mainly because I think it's Christopher Nolan, and he can do whatever of he course. wants these days. It's interesting. It's a summer slot. I I agree because just in looking at this film, it looks like something that should be for award season yeah like closer towards that time yeah because it's gonna be I, I haven't looked into the details of the movie but i mean i imagine it's either going to be ba- it is based on a true story but <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be all that fictionalized and to me usually that carries more dramatic roles yeah it, it carries more of you know not but also the, the what, what confuses me about this is the cover looks very action and i'm like what are they what are they doing in this film I don't know. I think they're trying to get, I don't know. I don't know what kind of crowd they're trying to draw because they're also up against Barbie. Yep, which we'll get, we'll get to that. Might be the only thing I agree with on this list. Yeah. Uh, next movie, number three, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, mm-hmm. For those who don't know, this is the new Scorsese film. It, of course, stars uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm trying to think of who else is in it. There's there's, there's one other person uh, that's escaping me because I just lost my notes. But, it's a Scorsese uh, film, so again, it's going to be like four Robert hours. Robert that's gonna... what else is in this. Of course, I should have known that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is going to be three and a half hours, easy. Yeah. Easy. I, I, I don't even have to... Yeah. Don't even have to look at... Yeah. I recommend so, just reading the book, guys. Um, you'll probably get through it faster than this movie. And it is uh, is a Western. So it's, yeah. it's about the members of the Osage tribe in the United States, um, and they're murdered under mysterious circumstances yeah the book is place. really good so 
Um, oh, and Jesse Plemons is the other one that is in this. So I think it that might be his sense. first Scorsese film, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. So yeah. it'll be interesting. We'll we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. I don't know. Of course that, you will. Yeah. I mean, it's Scorsese. Like, I, yeah. Even when, Listen, he, makes I bad, even when he makes a bad movie, it's good. I had to sit through the fucking Irishman at Thanksgiving oh, one year. It was bad. I, Look, I can love, I, I I will tell you all the great things that, that Scorsese does because, I mean, he's probably one of the greatest that filmmakers of all time. That was rough. Irishman is something that never should have been made. No. Never. No. Anyway. Number two. Shocking. The most shocking ranking on this list, and until I see this movie, I will not change my answer. <laughs> if I see this movie, which I will for sure, yeah, I will change my opinion at that time. But Winnie Pooh, Winnie blood the Pooh, and, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yes, this has been on my list actually for a while. This is coming out ne- next month in February, right? Yeah, February fifteenth. It follows Pooh and Piglet as they go on a rampage after Christopher Robin abandons them from college. <laughs> Josh, I don't know tell, what you're talking me, about. Tell me what makes okay. We it just totally makes sense that this is number two. <laughs> there are four other movies that I would watch over this movie, like because I have heard of it, but I wasn't like it wasn't on my list. Like I don't even know anyone Wait, in this film. Like, I, have I don't to even read, know any of the actors. I have to read the second plot. Listed as the days of adventure and merriment have come to an end as Christopher Robin, now a young man, has left Winnie the Pooh and Piglet to fend for themselves. As time passes, feeling angry and abandoned, the two become feral. After getting a taste for blood, Winnie the Pooh and Piglet set off to find a new source of food. It's not long before their bloody rampage begins. <laughs> this is wild. Like, I mean, where did this movie come from? Did this just get found at some film festival or something? Because I'm. it looks like a a director that I've never heard of and writer. Most of the cast I've never heard of. Who, who's putting this out? I have no idea. But you know what? Okay. So this is how I think this entire list is made because this is what I do is I go through IMDb and I pull all the films that are coming up like within the next like year or two. And I just go through, I read all the plots, I look at cast and everything, and I just start adding things to my list. So I think when it's anticipated, I think it's how many people have added it to their like their watch list. It actually I I'm I'm reading something right here. Oh, really? This is how this list so it says among movies planned released in 2023, mm-hmm. these 10 movies were consistently the most popular with IMDb users as determined by the actual page views of more than 200 million monthly yep. visitors. So, so they yeah. literally, so people visiting the pages, which I just did with every one of these movies. So I added more totals. Yep. These were the lists that people were actually searching and clicking on. Yeah. So I think for this, because that's what happened to me is I was going through my list of, or like the list of like upcoming. And because it's in a couple months, I saw it and I was like, what the fuck is Winnie the Pooh? blood and honey and i clicked on it and i read it and i was like this sounds insane i'm adding it to my list so i'm sure that's exactly what happened to everyone else who was looking at movies coming up and we're probably like also like what the fuck is this so i can agree with the number one because this movie has interested me since the announcement the announcement and i i thought it was coming out last year like that's how excited i was and they were like no it's 2023 and i was like god fucking damn it Mm -hmm. greta gearwig's directing this Mm -hmm. noah bomback and Greta Gerwig wrote this. It, Margot Robbie starring as Barbie. You have Will Ferrell, Ryan Gosling. Like, I don't yeah. need anything else than that. Like, when I heard that Greta Gerwig was on board with a Barbie movie, th- say no more. Well, like, say for fucking me, no more. It was as soon as a Barbie movie was announced and Margot Robbie was Barbie. I was like, yeah, yeah. obviously this yeah. makes sense. Like, 
Of course. I you know what's I I predict this movie will be one of the most talked about, probably one of the most watched and popularized by people. Of course. But will win almost no awards. Oh my god. Okay, but also the plot that's listed is hilarious. To live in Barbie land is to be a perfect being in a perfect place, unless you have a full-on existential crisis or you're a Ken. Fantastic. And I'm like, so does this mean that Ken's going to have an existential crisis? Also, the advertising for this and marketing, like the trailer that got released, which is a shot-for-shot remake of the 2001 Space Odyssey trailer. I mean, fucking genius. Genius. I'm obsessed I'm excited that Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach are getting the amount of money they are and getting like real A-list budgets. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, yeah. for so long, they were relegated to that, not relegated. I mean, that was kind of their scene, the, the you know, indie specials. Like, that's what they did. That was their bread and butter. But I mean, they're phenomenal. And to see them have, I'm assuming, hundred tens of millions of dollars to put this together uh, i think yeah. this is going to put them on the map and when i hear people be like have you heard of greta gearwick yes we all have we for have years. for forever yeah. yes anyway jade uh so that was your top 10 list uh imdb <laughs> yeah, you can uh, agree or not agree with those but before we head to break we should probably movie review first look very quickly talk about our movie this week which is the menu it stars again Anya Taylor Joy mm-hmm. and Ralph Fiennes. Some other people in this film too that you would probably recognize. Can't think of them off the top of my head. Uh, we'll do John Leguizamo, Judith Light. Um, then we have, of course, uh, what's his face who plays Tyler. Um, oh my God, who he's um, he's Beast in X Men. Anyways, well, we'll have all these answers uh, after the break. Nicholas Holt. <laughs> Nicholas yeah. Holt. There we go. Uh, also plays in the Great. Yes. That's who he is. Yeah. Fantastic right. actor. But what are your first thoughts on this film, Jade? Oh, my God. This is exactly what I wanted it to be. Like, <laughs> this to me was just an interesting take on um, kind of class and consumption. It was a little bit tongue in cheek, kind of macabre. And I also think there was some really clever usage of like, almost kind of this like rhythm and like beat that they created with like the clap, the kind of like marching of the chefs as they brought out the plates. It kind of started to build up this like tension. You didn't quite know what was going on, but like it added to every single moment. Every time like sweat would drip off of like a chef or they would just zoom in on these little details. I mean, it was just brilliantly done. And The ending, a little chaotic, uh, but we'll get into that. And um, overall, I think this is just like a really good film to watch. Absolutely. It, this is this is the type of horror movie that I actually love. And I, and I don't know that I would call it more suspense than horror. Mm-hmm. But you can make a great horror movie without jump scares. Yeah. Without even having, I'm not going to say a real monster, but like, the gore, it just mm-hmm. just the mere fact that the anticipation to me was the horror of this film because exactly you were waiting it. every scene after you got into it. My mind kept racing to worse things than were actually mm-hmm. happening on screen, and yeah. that made me terrified because I was like, "What if this thing happens next? What if this well, next thing happens?" That's what I loved because it's like each 
course that they were served, it kept increasing the like the tension, the the um the stakes were getting higher and higher. And you know, each time like they were being served, you're like, okay, well, what's gonna happen next? You know, like so like I said, like every time he would like clap and like announce oh. like the next course, you're like <sighs> Oh my God. Okay. Like now it's happening. Now this is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And like you knew you had to get through seven courses. So you just keep anticipating of like, okay, like how's, how are they going to top like the last one? Like what are they going to do with the next one? And oh my God. Yeah. It was just such a well done film. All right. We're going to talk more about this after the break. Uh, we'll be right back to review our movie. It's called The Menu. We'll be right back. presentation welcome to Hawthorne here we are family we harvest we ferment we gel they gel we gel he's not just a chef he's a storyteller the game is trying to guess what the overarching theme of the entire meal is gonna be you won't know till the end who are you I am Margot why do you care? I have to know if you're with us or with them. And our movie this week is The Menu. It's streaming now on HBO Max. Also still in theaters, Jade. Oh, yeah. wow. I actually was just looking to try and use my movie pass yeah. uh, to see a movie maybe uh, this weekend. And uh, Menu was still on there for a couple showings at the hmm. AMC. So, All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this movie, as we said before, it stars Ralph Finds Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt. It's directed by Mark Malloyd, who actually does a lot of TV work. He's hmm. uh, done a couple episodes of Shameless, I believe, okay. and also Secession most recently. Oh. Uh, he's also uh, directed several episodes, or I think several seasons, of Entourage back in the day. I feel like that makes sense. Yeah. So You know, actually, the assistant director on this uh, did um, direction for Chef's Table on Netflix. That actually makes a lot... Considering yeah. the cinematography on this, that makes... I, I was... Because they even <laughs> kind of mentioned that, Chef's Table, and I was like, yeah, most of the shots of the food look like yeah, Chef's like, Table. Yeah. Because, honestly, I'm not going to lie, I love that fucking show. I will watch some Chef's yeah, Table of course. all the time. It's Why not? One of the best shot probably shows anywhere like it's great yeah the shots are amazing uh also uh written by i find this funny uh seth reese not their names but will tracy yeah. the two writers <laughs> uh they're both uh, they have several credits to their name but they're also past or maybe still current onion hmm. they wrote for the onion for a while that also checks out yeah that kind of this makes sense when you think about the movie accurate. yeah yeah so jade for those who uh, have no idea what we're talking about as we've uh, given a quick preview of this movie yeah what's this movie about a young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. That's the most tame description of this movie that I can think of. Yeah. Well, I feel like you don't want to give too much away. So not even, So, if you watch the trailer to this, and, and we're going to put, obviously, what, what, there's some clips that you're going to hear of this film. Mm-hmm. I was 1,000 convinced. I'm going to give a spoiler away right at the beginning, Jade. I was 1,000% convinced this was a cannibalistic movie. I was too because the way the trailer pins it, it looks like because you know in the trailer they show the scene where the men are running from the staff, and I was like, oh, for sure they're running because they're gonna capture them and then cook them, and then they're gonna make the rest of the people at the restaurant eat them, and they didn't. And there were uh, several other scenes in the movie where I thought for sure they were going to eat someone. <laughs> they never did. 
Well, yeah, that's the yeah. same. I, I, and you know what's funny is even when I saw that that clearly wasn't going to happen, mm-hmm. I still convinced myself at some point it was happening. Same. Even like when he asked her to get the barrel, I was like, oh, is there a body in there? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Every, time, Every time. I can't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's just where my brain went. Well, let's start off with the trash, Jade. What was, was there any trash in this movie? There probably was. Yeah. Um, I had just a little bit. One, for me, the ending was a little bit trash. I felt like there could have been a little bit better way um, to conclude it. Uh, So they basically they end it with dessert and everyone in the restaurant is the dessert essentially. And I just kind of felt like I understood this idea that the rich, you know, people, the elite, they are so ingrained in, you know, being almost like taking care of that they never had to really fend for themselves they don't have to really fight for things so this is supposed to showcase them not fighting back like not doing anything for themselves because they don't have their help to do it for them type deal but it just didn't resonate with me that someone would just sit there and get burned alive that is interesting to me i guess i can understand because i hadn't hadn't really heard that before that theory that the reason because that was one of my complaints is there really wasn't any fighting back. Like he literally right. outlined for them, like you're all going to die. Like they, yes, he, they were told that several times yeah. that everyone was dying and they just all sit there. And I'm like, but you know, what's odd to me about that is one of them does try to fight back right in the beginning, but then yes. no one else does after that point. No, it just kind of, well, it's like the one guy who barely even fought, he was just tried to leave, got his finger cut off. And then Soren tries to like bust the window open with a chair. But then they were kind of like, Oh, well, I guess that's that. And I'm like, why would be kicking, yeah. clawing, screaming, anything? Like, at one point when Mark goes to the bathroom, there's like a window that you can crawl out of. I'm like, she was smoking out of it. I was like, yes. you're tiny. You could My definitely ass, squeeze out like, of that. During that time, yeah. I would have been like, I'm sorry, may I use the restroom? And just gone and then fucking crawled out of the window because he didn't have like overly strict rules to, at some point, you no. know what I mean? Especially with Margot. So I'm like, there had to have been ways out. And he even says that, I think at one point too, where he was like, you kind of, like you've agreed to this in a sense of like, you've allowed this to happen yeah. to yourselves. And I'm like, it's true. But I do feel like then doing which is uh, slightly lackluster, although I did like the concept of them being the dessert in the end. You know, I, I it pains me to say this because this was uh, just under two hours the total runtime of this movie. Yeah, but I think trash for me is I actually this is one of the few two hour movies that I could have used more. Yeah, I could have used maybe more backstory on some of the guests, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that incorporated themselves more into the menu concept that they were doing. Um, I and even. I think what really lacked for me was the motivation of the chef himself. Yeah, I think we needed even more backstory on the chef. We got a touch, but I... Not enough. Yeah, not enough to fully explain his reasoning. Because, I mean, you can speculate, but, I mean, to me, I was like, okay, maybe he was about to lose his restaurant. Like, we had those financial guys Mm -hmm. there. Maybe his backer wasn't giving him what he wanted. He obviously was burnt out. He was tired of serving the audience that he did. He made mm-hmm. that pretty clear. But I'm like, is all of that enough to really yeah. do this to kill he yourself? he talks like- about like, obviously he was abused when he was younger. He came from a poor working class life. And then he does, he, he does talk about how basically like he strived for perfection. But when he got to this place where it's like, he's at the, the top tier that he could probably ever get for being a chef. And he's like, and even at 
this point, he's like, I still feel like, because he says like, you know, like it's never enough. Like you, you yep. guys can never have enough. Like you can never consume enough. You can never like, nothing can ever satisfy you. Like when he um, invites the uh, the food critic there, like she still has shit to say about his food, even though like he's at the top of his game. Like she talks about the broken emulsion. Yeah. This, and then his emulsion is broken. broken. Yeah. <laughs> and he sends over a giant fucking broken emulsion. Fantastic. Um, but like, you know, I think I think he just is kind of like, I don't think I can ever, because that's what even Margot calls him out. She's like, it's an obsession. Yeah. I think he strives to be perfect. And because in the eyes of these elite, he will never be perfect because they're always wanting of more. So I think he's almost at this point where he's like, fuck it. Like, I, there's nothing higher I can reach. So I'm done here. And then I think he just kind of wanted to take s- some people down with him. But yeah. it, it's hard, though, because it's like, I wanted to know the exact steps leading up to that. That, that i think that was my problem too because i think you know i enjoyed a lot of this movie but that was one of my questions i kept coming back to is why like they yeah. never really explained why right and especially because he gets his entire staff on board yeah that, which that was the other mind-blowing me. thing to me like and, and again burning alive Ugh. convincing me to willfully burn alive no. that i there are a million other ways i would if you would you just threw out some ideas for dying i'd be like yeah i'll do that like, I'll do that over fucking burning. Like, no, no fucking way. No, I would have found Jeremy's gun, and I would have popped one off and been like, sorry, I'm you, going out. You know yeah. the whole movie? As I was thinking, I'm like, look, I'm not the strongest person. I'm not the fastest person. But I can tell you right now, easily, I could have managed to at least get a knife and stab one, maybe two people before they took me down. Easy. I'm smart, and Easy. I'm scrappy, and I would have done hell all to get out yeah. of this fucking place. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not going down like that. No. Like, absolutely not. If I would rather be stabbed to death yeah. than fucking burned alive. If you're going to take me out, you're going you're gonna to have to take me out. Yeah, you're not like, cooking you're fucking me take me out. Yeah. into a fucking s'more. No. No, Absolutely not. Trash. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what about treasure, though? What, what, what were some of the things you liked about this film? Oh, there were so many things that were so well done. First of all, the building of the entire film around the actual menu itself. So everything oh. is kind of scenes are divided into Agreed. the courses of the film. And I loved that as it introduced each course, they kind of went to a shot of like the food or whatever it was, like black screen with Very chef's table. Yes. Yeah. And if you've seen that on Netflix. Yeah. And then I loved <laughs> that the ingredients slowly changed based on like what the context of the course was. And I just felt like it was so smart. And I love the way that um, the the stories they created around each course as well. Like Man's Folly was so interesting to me and the performance art that went along with it. <laughs> Wild. I feel like this is something too, like if they hadn't chopped that guy's finger off, I feel like these people would have thought the whole thing was performance art. Oh, 100%. The entire thing. They would have been like, oh, this is a game. Yeah. Like, let's, yeah. Because even when that guy shot himself. Oh, my they God. Didn't even, they, most people I, sat there. Josh. Only two people stood up, Jade. I have a quote from that that absolutely kills me because it's it's the critic and her assistant, Ted. And they're convincing everyone. They're like, no, this is what he does. It's a performance. And then Ted turns to John Leguizamo's character, who's an actor, and he's like, the acting is astonishing. And John Leguizamo's like, the fuck are you talking about? The guy just blew his fucking brains out. Like, look pretty fucking real to me. Like, like yeah. <laughs> so good. Oh. No, I, I agree, though. Like, one of the things that I really picked out, like, the pacing of this film, oh. I mean, you could say it's like a menu, but I mean, it felt like an orchestra. Like every I mean, truly. the movie was orchestrated along with this elaborate menu, and you you knew you were going on this journey, and it was just 
you were along for the ride in this and it was fantastic not one minute did i ever think like i'm bored no. i want to pause i don't know what's going on yeah. like i was, I was like on edge, edge waiting for the next course exactly yeah. every single <clears throat> scene i was like because this movie somehow too just like you said at least for me and it sounds like you jade mm-hmm. it makes you speculate the entire time you are waiting for more things to happen you're yes. waiting for worse things you're waiting for that shoe to drop every scene every course oh, yeah. and going oh my god what's gonna happen next like oh my god what's gonna happen next like sometimes yeah. my imagination was worse than the things that started no, happening same like i was going through the gambit of like well this could happen this could happen this could happen but i i mean and not only that but i also love um the the obvious like basically they're shitting on this kind of level of person when you get to this sort of elitism especially over food and wine in the culinary world like the descriptions <laughs> the way he describes like some of the dishes are absolutely insane like when he talks about like the first dish the island and he says it's like he's like the scallops he's like they're rested upon rocks taken from the shore and covered in uh what does he say like um Barely frozen filtered seawater that when it melts changes the flavor profile. And it's literally just a fucking scallop on a rock. It, and I'm like. It's one scallop. It's one, one scallop. One. On a rock. And I'm like frozen seawater. It's fucking salt, bitch. Yeah. Yes. Scallop and salt. Yeah. I get it. it. Like, But it's like wild because I'm like this is how that like stuff like that works like it's so insane. Um, Like I wrote down to like the, they're the sommelier was cracking me the fuck up when he was explaining like some of the wines oh. and my um <laughs> one of my favorites that he talked about was he's like that's a 2013 pinot noir from ross cop we hyper decanted it with an immersion blender to awaken it from its slumber and i was like i literally paused it to read that sentence and i was like how do you hyper decant a wine also you're immersion. Bl- you're blending a so, wine with an immersion blender. So I'm sure there's probably like a wine connoisseur that would argue with like what the finer points of that is. But all I can imagine is them opening up a bottle. Yeah. Taking a giant glass bowl because yeah. we're talking about hybrid again. So like yeah, I'm, so and just literally just like just like pu- pu- turning the bottle upside down, pouring it into a bowl, and then taking one of those little zzz, those yeah, little, little immersion blenders, blenders yeah. and just <laughs> mixing it around and then just filtering it back into the bottle. Yes. That's that was just fucking insane. I'm like. Okay. That's, that's insane. I don't think that's a real thing. I, I think that's uh, part it of be, it. Watch it be a real thing. Watch it. <laughs> Listen to We're going to Google this afterwards. All I know <laughs> is if someone came up to me at a restaurant and said that to me, I'd be like, you're out of your fucking mind. Bring me another wine. You know what, Jade? I, I like to think that I would be that person. But yeah, I know. in a setting like that, where I feel like everyone else knows way more than me about food and wine, I would just be like, yep, that sounds that that sounds like a thing that... That sounds like why I'm paying a thousand dollars a person. Yeah, that. Yeah, please, oh, please immerse all of my wine from now on. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. But uh, yeah, no. I, the the level they get to like basically almost like make fun of these people is incredible. Like I love like the trio of guys. Um, oh, the and finance they, they, bros. Yeah, <laughs> and they pull the. Do you know who we are? Yeah. Do you know who we work? We for? They'll make us steps, Rose. Yeah, Give us yeah, some bread. Yeah. Give, uh, mine no. gluten free. Yeah. 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 No. And uh, dude, every time Elsa kept saying no. Their minds were fucking blown. I was like, oh, so also satisfying. Too, like, I've been to not maybe not anything where you've had to pay like $1,200 a person, but like I've been to nicer, like I've been to a Michelin star restaurant and like they will tell you fucking no. Like maybe if you are a person, they won't, but like. Absolutely. It, like there are people like, I don't think it's clear. Like for people who don't go to fine dining, 
they will put no substitutions and they fucking mean it. It's like, pretty normal. They'll actually. tell you to go fuck up. They'll actually, you leave the goddamn restaurant. <laughs> speaking of no substitutions, yeah. the fucking scene where, so this is actually the, I think, um, it's actually a whole course. It's the fifth course called Fallen Angel. Yes. Um, it's a degustation tasting concept where Varric is a fallen <laughs> angel. <laughs> I had to write it down. It's so stupid. So he has him like hung up there and like when he's going on his rant and he's like, he requested substitutions even though there are no substitutions at Hawthorne. And I was like, <laughs> I could. Yes. <laughs> I felt that. So like, so, and maybe this is to me as a person, but like I could not under I could not under any circumstances understand if you're going to a place with a prefix menu that is like one, two, three Michelin stars, where there's probably gonna be the best food you've ever fucking eaten in your life. Yeah. I couldn't understand why and maybe it's just because I'm a person that like does obsess sometimes about like going to certain places. I couldn't imagine after browsing the menu going oh i'm gonna have to substitute two or three things like that's exactly absolutely not you don't go to places like that if you're not a foodie if you're a picky eater if you have food allergies you know what i mean like i'm not gonna eat somewhere that serves like seafood if i'm allergic to shellfish or seafood. you know what i mean like and that's how these places are it's like you have to be explorative in your palate you cannot be picky eater like because the whole point is they have picked everything meticulously to work together exactly the whole menu not just the one dish and also you're probably gonna eat like i'll make fun of this scallop all fucking day because it's one fucking scallop but still like you're probably eating something that's the best of anything that you've ever eaten before oh yeah he told them like they literally were out they literally the guys on the boat getting the scallops as they arrived so it's like beyond fresh you know and um but anyways but also tyler in this um (laughs) was absolutely killing me when he talked about nicholas holt's character nicholas holt yeah yeah he did remind me of you a little bit in a few scenes oh uh, jade so in the not to skip ahead but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> one of the what was it one of the quotes that he had is uh, it was when uh, anya taylor joy's character asked him because they were on a date essentially oh, yeah. uh, how do they turn a profit with the boat ride uh, uh you know how do they it's like 12 people she goes, yeah. oh it, well you know it's twelve fifty ahead and she's like what the fuck are we eating a rolex yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also this is where i, th- I wrote down probably me is they have a tea course at one point where it's a uh, it is like kind of like a tea I forget he calls it something it's a else. palate cleanser palate cleanser course yeah. and he's giving this really intense fucking monologue the chef is basically mm-hmm. telling people how they're gonna fucking die and this guy is just pouring his little palate cleanser and like yes. he's going like he's, does anyone have any questions he's like I, yeah. chef I I do and he's like yes and he goes am I getting notes of bergamot yeah, he's, he's like, like <laughs> I love how he pauses his whole monologue and he's like, actually, yes, you, yes, you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he goes, it's like any questions? It's like, is this bergamot I'm getting, chef? He goes, yes. And then he's like, like <laughs> continues his like monologue. I'm like, holy fuck, shit. no. Tyler was absolutely insane in this because like he had no reactions to like anything. Like after like what was it? I wrote it down is after Jeremy, the sous chef, literally shoots himself in the head. Tyler goes, that's a shock. <laughs> I did not see that coming. And like continues eating. And I was like, oh my fucking God. He doesn't God. even look up. He doesn't even look, he doesn't up. look up. And then when they're, the men are told to like run for their lives, he like stays there. And the chef's like, so Jade, you too. This is where I deviate. Oh. At the part with the folly, the men's folly where they all start running, I I would not be him anymore because the guy who. The, the guy who ran before he's even finished so is me. Ralph Fides, it was like, 
Okay, so the men are gonna have a forty-five. It doesn't even it says forty-five. So from a head start, and he starts running, and I was like, Soren, so fucking me. Took off fucking running. That part. I don't need any more instructions. If you say you have a forty-five, I am slow, Jade. I I would get caught. Jared. I know I'd get caught, and I would be like gone. <laughs> I fucking died at that scene because I'm like. Because what are they gonna say after that? That's gonna be positive. What What are they gonna say? Nothing. Gonna, nothing he's positive. like, he's like, well, like, because he basically says like, my staff will like track you down or something yeah. and i'm like no like <laughs> that, that scene too it was like it was like him and his friend they'd like been finding each other in the woods like like get the fuck away from me like i was running here first <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> the fact that that scene though ended with another course a surprise course that the one oh, guy got it was blew uh, my fucking mind the special bite which is the passarda egg which i thought was hilarious because he was hiding in a fucking chicken coop and i was like brilliant and he eats it because i what else are you going to fucking do? I would absolutely eat it. I would eat it too. It was also egg, crumb fresh, and maple. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I would 100% eat that. Well, Jade, I, I don't think we need to spend much time on this, but who had the best performance in this show? Oh, my God. Ralph Fiennes. Uh, I mean. No one. There are few people, I will say. I'm not going to say anyone, but there are a few people that can play a bad guy, a villain, mm-hmm. like Ralph Fiennes. Oh, yeah. And, and he is probably 50% of the reason I went to see this movie. Because mm-hmm. I was like, if he's connected to this, this he is at a stage in his career where he doesn't need to do anything. He can pick any role that he wants. He fucking Voldemort, like he can do whatever he wants. He doesn't yeah. need to do more work. Yeah. And when I saw him in this, I was like, this is going to be creepy and odd in a way I'm not going to expect. And that's exactly what I got from his performance. Yeah, like he was so calm, cool, and collected for like most of the time. He would like lose his cool a little bit, but like the way he would also like almost like savor every moment as if almost like he was like eating too and like but like yeah like he was like basically feeding like energy feeding off of like what was happening in each scene like it was crazy and uh he just was so like um like stern but like oh it's like eh. his 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 face like when he would like look directly like camera too sometimes terrifying but also could be kind of funny like in a weird twisted way yeah when he tells a story about his dad stabbing, or him stabbing his dad in the thigh after he choked his mother out with oh a telephone God. cord, and then he serves up the fucking chicken thigh with scissors in it on a telephone cord, <laughs> and then the whole what? time he's like, his mother's just there, and he's like trashing her the whole fucking time. <laughs> I love the mothers though, who just drinks the she entire drink time. Just drink the entire time. Just totally smashed. Doesn't give yeah, a fuck because she knows she's like, well, I'm gonna die now, yeah. so like I might as well be wasted when I do it. Absolutely, drinking some of the best wine. Yeah, yeah. With the like when they do that cut scene when like everyone went outside for the man's folly, and you just see her go grab another bottle of champagne. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. that it yeah. checks out. Mm-hmm. It checks out. I know you have some quotes written down, Jade. So what are some oh. of the best quotes in this film? I I have several I have so myself. Many. Um, I do love when um. I mean, this is in the trailer, but it's still such a great line. It's after they're being fed the oysters. And Tyler goes, you need the mouthfeel of the Mionette. And then Margot goes, please don't say mouthfeel, which I 100% agree with because that's a fucking weird word. <laughs> this is from the trailer, but essentially at one point in the film, everyone kind of asked the chef, why, why did you choose us? Like mm-hmm. some of them kind of got it. They were like, I kind of get it. But some people were like, why the fuck am I here? Yes. There is... Uh, an actor sitting there with one of his like co-stars, producers, I think is what we ended up figuring out she was. Yeah. And she's trying to kind of like break into the industry. I think she's like his agent or something. Yeah. But she's trying to like break more into the industry and kind of do her own thing. And he goes, she's like, well, why am I here? Like, why? I don't get what I'm here. And she goes, the chef goes, "Uh, what school did you go to? She goes, Brown. He goes, student loans? No. 
you you see why you have to die. And I was like, <laughs> that so absolutely. I felt off. that too. I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, but also to go along with that, I love when like um, John Leguizamo's character, he asks the chef like, why him? And he gives him a story about how like he works like nonstop and it's his first Sunday off in like months and he sits down to watch a movie and he puts on doc calling Dr. Sunshine <laughs> and he's like, it was like the worst thing he's ever seen basically. And like, so he's like shits on him basically like the whole reason John Leguizamo is there is because he hated his fucking performance. But then I love the way he ends it when he's like, sing you again now haunts me. And I was like, I couldn't keep it together. I was like, <laughs> someone said that to me. I'd be like, can you just kill me now? Like I can't live past this moment. <laughs> There's also another moment where they bring out a birthday cake. Oh my it's God. It's the three finance bros. And yes. Ty- uh, not Tyler, uh, the guy Bryce, he goes, yeah. You told them it was my birthday, and one of the other guys, Dave, goes, "It it seemed hilarious about two hours ago." <laughs> yeah, it like seemed funny about three hours ago, which was so fucking good. Um, oh god, I did love um, when they when basically chef because Tyler's like this big foodie, and he he talks about food as if you know like he knows everything, but. He himself never like actually cooks food. So the chef brings Tyler into the kitchen and he like makes him cook. And one of my favorites, it also reminded me of the Kendall Jenner cucumber, when he's like, everyone gather around. We must learn from Tyler. This is a new dicing method of which we have been woefully oh. ignorant because of the way he's fucking dicing the it was shallots. the worst chop I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, it was horrendous. I also thought it was absolutely hilarious. So when they cut to his dish at the end um, and they call it, they entitle it, Tyler's bullshit says undercooked lamb and edible shallot leek butter sauce, utter lack of cohesion. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh my God. And then they apologized to every, he apologized to everyone for having to witness that. He's like, oh, sorry everyone for having (laughs) seen that. Yeah. (laughs) So fucking good. Also, nothing offended me more than this one quote at the end when he uh, is doing the dessert course and Ralph Fiennes is like, the s'more. The most offensive assault on the human palate ever contrived. And I was like, fuck you. I'm like, same. Yeah. Like, excuse me. I literally was like, I think I had s'mores like a week ago, like you ass hat. But But, oh my God. I I do love the exchange between Tyler and Margot where he goes, "Uh, babe, uh, please don't smoke. It'll kill your palate. Yes. And she goes, then my palate will die happy. And I was like, fuck you. Like, fuck off. Yeah. Oh my God. No. It's interesting too because, um, that was like the beginning when we thought they were like boyfriend and girlfriends. The whole time I was like, I would fucking rage against this guy. But then you find out like, you know, she's an escort. And I was like, oh. I want to find out more about who he was protecting because he was supposed to bring someone else. Yeah. And then, oh, it broke up with him, right? Well, That's he said that. But my thought is because he knew what was going to happen. Me too. That he just didn't bring her. Yeah. Which I totally get. Yeah. No, but I, I do love... um. What is it? Uh, it was right when they arrive on the island, and it's the two um, critics, and the, the one critic, which she's like, she calls it a biome of culinary ideas, and then her assistant Ted is like, it functions like an Epicurean salon. She goes, no, no, I like biome better, and then um, Margo overhears that, and she's like, we have reached the base camp of Mount Bullshit, and I'm like, yeah, that's a hundred percent accurate. The biome. Yes. Any fun trivia from this, Jade? That I know you. We were talking a little bit before the show about some of the the fun facts about this film, including the writer. I think you. Yes. Said. So, um, interesting enough, where the plot of the story for this came from is the writer Will Tracy uh, went to a 
fancy restaurant in Bergen, Norway, on an island, and realized <laughs> that they were essentially trapped there. And so he kind of came up with this idea of like, well, what would happen if the boat left and you were stuck there with this insane tasting course at this fine dining restaurant where they take everything so seriously. And so it kind of grew into this horror film. Um, also, I which I thought was interesting because I was like, they're giving you these gorgeous displays of food. So the person who actually prepared all of the food for the scenes is a French chef, Dominique Crenn, who is actually the only female chef in the U.S. to attain three Michelin stars uh, for oh. her restaurant, Atelier Crenn. Um, so she actually provided all the food styling services on set. But the sad thing is, is they said it was all inedible because, of course, it had to look good for camera. And they were very intricate. So the... Um, the actors, of course, didn't actually get to eat most of it, other than the small pieces of food that they were served for, like, the scenes they had to eat. But Interesting. I know. And then I just thought this was absolutely fucking hilarious. <laughs> John Leguizamo based his, like, asshole movie actor character off of Steven Seagal because they were in the movie ex- Executive Decision together. That actually makes so much sense. Oh, my God. And basically, he just thought he was, like, the worst person with the way, like, he would, like, name drop and pretend like he was this really big deal when he actually was a washed up actor and like you know Steven Seagal is one of those people I've never heard anyone be like Steven Seagal I have this great positive story about him no absolutely not also I think it's really funny that in IMDB John Leguizamo is only listed as movie star and not his name which his name in the film is George Diaz and I feel like it was intentional to go along with the movie because by listing him simply as movie star and not his character name is like another jab to him for not being famous enough. <laughs> it is kind of true, though, because like he is one of those people that he's a recognizable face. Like people are like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. But if you ask 10 people on the street. I, I guarantee you none of them would be able to say his name. Yeah. No, it, it's so funny because like so he has his his character has a name in the movie. It's George Diaz. But the fact that IMDb lists him only as movie star <laughs> is fucking hilarious to me. Um, and then my last fun fact, which is a little bit crazy now that we've seen the film, is that Emma Stone was originally cast to play Margot instead of Anya Taylor-Joy. And I just think it would have been a different film. A totally different film because you know what I think it is for, for Anya that made I think it's her expressiveness that is completely different from Emma Stone how Emma Stone acts similar scenes or similar movies mm-hmm. I don't think it would have been as suspenseful yes I agree I, I don't I don't see it like we've seen Emma do drama but I think she would have leaned further into the comedy of this movie whereas like I think Anya can balance that along with kind of that like eeriness that you needed for this film because everything kind of like I said like everything was like literally on edge. It felt like you're sitting on the edge of a knife yeah. about to you know slip, you know, at any moment. And I think it's also like Anya's like eyes. I think she has like the seppuku eyes that like they're like so <laughs> low on the bottom. So they just feel like I don't know, just creepier i guess like when she does those like low eyes like the kubrick eyes a little bit they're terrible i mean that yeah that i think that's what i was thinking of when i was talking about her expressiveness like her eyes are they're they're so expressive and and kind of terrifying yes yeah no she does great in i think thrillers and horrors i think she was a perfect match but it's funny though because she's a redhead in this film and i wondered if that's because emma was originally cast and they I wonder, yeah. Maybe if in their heads they were like. I did question that when I saw it. I was like, "Is Anya a redhead or is she blonde?" I can't remember. She's her... naturally dark brown hair, but is she? she okay, just dyes it blonde. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, was like, I know I know I've seen her in all sorts of hair, so I don't even know what I didn't even know what her real hair is. She also speaks fluent Spanish. That doesn't surprise me, actually. Yeah, because yeah. she I think is is it Argentinian or Venezuelan? I can't remember. Hmm. But she also has a British accent because she went I think she was raised partly in England, but she also was born in America. Fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did she live in the same farmhouse that uh, Taylor Swift grew up in? I mean, probably. <laughs> farmhouse, yeah. Farmhouse. Uh, anyway, Jade, where do you uh, rate this film? This movie is a treasure, personally. I know it's really high, but I've already watched it twice. I watched it twice in one night, which is saying really? something. Really? Ah, I didn't, I didn't do that, but I, I probably yeah. watched it again. Yeah. yeah, I just think like it was an easy thriller to get through. There were so many enjoyable moments. I think there were so many clever things that were going on. And I think it's something that the more you watch, the more you start to pick up on. Because um, definitely by my second watch, especially in the same night, I started to see things I didn't see before. So now this is streaming. I'm seeing a lot more clips uh, from folks who are watching it. Yes. I think that this is going to be very popular, even though it came out so early in 2023. Actually, yeah. is this technically a 22? It's 2022. Okay. It's late 2022. So you, then I take back everything I said. I think that we're going to see this in awards season. If this hasn't already been nominated, I'd be surprised yeah. if it was. Ralph Fiennes deserves a nomination for this. Absolutely. I would also then put this in Treasure. Uh, I was waffling between Gem and Treasure, but I mean, yeah. this is a great film. Um, I yeah. would watch this again, and I think this is going to become one of those iconic roles for Ralph Fiennes and yeah. Annie Taylor-Joy because I think people are going to discover this and be so creeped out by the entire movie. Oh, absolutely. Last question, though. Do you think that Margot's hamburger was the dry-aged beef? <gasps> so, Jade, I fully I fully expected her to die on that boat. I so fully did. I. So I was like, oh, no. I, I went from it's poisoned to it has the, what, dry-aged, the amoeba or the, the, the bacteria? So it's the proteins from, the, yeah, so, because at the very beginning of the movie, Elsa, the host, says that they have a dry-aged beef and it's aged for 152 days. And then one guy jokes and he says, what happens on the 153rd day? And then she's like, bacteria gets introduced and basically, like, you will die a painful death. Yeah. And so at the end, when she has a cheeseburger, I like, all I could think of was, like, what if that was the beef and what if it was, like, past 152 days I, I need the director to come out and say that because I need, uh, I need closure on that and need to know if that was his intent or not same. because it was it was to me that's the equivalent of like showing the audience a gun and then not using it so yes exactly you know that, that that's what sense. it felt like to me so anyway that was our review of the menu you can watch it now on HBO Max or uh, maybe still catch it in the theaters if you want yeah. to so uh, go check it out this menu the pictures they're of us this guest list. How do they get these? It's not good. This entire evening. Jesus Christ. This is just theater. It's stagecraft. We're leaving now. Has been painstakingly planned. This is real, isn't it? What the hell is going on? It's all part of the menu. It's okay. No, we're gonna die today. Yes, we are. Yeah. And once again, if you want to see the menu with Ralph Fiennes and Anya Taylor Joy. You can do that by going to HBO Max, and uh, hopefully one day uh, HBO Max will hear this podcast and actually sponsor us, uh, and we'll do more of their movies. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but Jade, you know, uh, we have a couple minutes left, and we haven't done any of our weekly watches. Let's dive in and talk about, I know one that we just launched, it's a 2023 Netflix original kaleidoscope uh people are starting to talk about this 
Although, I don't know. I'm I'm debating on how successful it was for Netflix because I don't feel like I'm hearing the same amount. Same. Of, I don't know what you want to call it, renown or uh, interest that I do for other I, projects. Yeah, it's, I don't think I hear enough people speaking about it both on social media and like in real life. Like I just, like I've asked all my like friends, family, coworkers. I'm like, oh, have you watched Kaleidoscope yet? And people are like, I don't even know what that is. To me, it's kind of like one of those concepts. I feel like Netflix does this every couple of years. Uh, remember that one, I forget what the show was called, but it was like a choose your own adventure. Well, they had um, Black Mirror Bandersnatch. That's what it was, yeah. Bandersnatch. Uh, that was like, yeah, 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 where you picked like what direction you wanted the scene to go in. Yeah. And that's like how the whole thing unfolded. I really liked that. I feel yeah. like not enough people really did like that either. Yeah, they had it with Bear Grylls too. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, where okay. he's like hiking or something, and you can like choose the paths he follows. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like that. But it, to me, the kaleidoscope feels a little bit like that because essentially, aside from the first episode, and I believe you're supposed to watch the white episode last. Yeah, all of the other episodes will play in random sequential. Well, not, first not episode isn't order. the same. Well, it's the black episode, which is just the introduction. It's just that's not really the first. But episode. it's it kind of is. It, it says it is in the in the little episode. So back. I was confused about that because when I started it, it didn't play black for me. It played everything else. And then it said I had one on watch, and I went back, and it was the black, which is five minutes. And I was like, "What the fuck?" Oh, that one just tri- like we said start series, and that one was like, "Here is what kaleidoscope is." No, and I was like, oh, "That one never even played for me." That's weird. That's Bizar- we had different orders, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe for you. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So essentially, uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, Kaleidoscope yeah. <laughs> is it's a heist movie. Every single one of the episodes is at a different point in the heist. So mm-hmm. some are, you know, 20 something years in the past. Yep. Some are, I think it's up to what, uh, a couple of months, six months after the heist is the latest. Yeah, I think they do like a little bit after the heist. They do like the morning after the heist and then they do like weeks, months, years, whatever leading up to the heist. Yeah. So and each episode is a color. But yeah, what's interesting about this is aside from like one or two episodes, every other episode is told in non sequential order. So each viewing experience for each viewer is supposed to be different. So when you start Mm -hmm. play, it doesn't just play, you know, one through 10. It might play six, four two, nine, and then yeah. get you up to what happened in the actual heist. Yeah, because Josh and I were texting as we were watching it, and we, you know, we're like, oh, what color did you start with? What's your next episode? What's this next episode? And it's funny because yours actually played in the episode order listed on TV time. Yeah, it was on. Which yeah. is really interesting. But uh, yeah, mine played in a different order. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. And it makes you kind of, you're like displaced a little bit, but um, you're questioning the entire time about like, who did this and and when did this happen and and you know like what's going to happen during the heist and they kind of give some things away because you kind of have to in each episode but they do a really good job of almost kind of like leaving it a mystery a bit so it's not everything's given away all like it doesn't have to be sequential essentially which i think is a hard thing to do you know when you're a writer to try yeah. to come up with an entire series that can be played out of order that's can be non-sequential, I think it's a difficult thing. And I think they did it well. No, absolutely. And, you know, there are a lot of uh, well-known faces. I feel like if you watch oh. Breaking Bad, uh, you know yeah. who uh, Giancarlo Esposito is. Giancarlo. Giancarlo? Giancarlo? Not Gene. Is it John. Gene? Is it John? I don't know. It's I don't know that. Italian, so it's Giancarlo. Giancarlo. Esposito. Okay. <laughs> Pause Vega. Yes. Yep. See. See. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Rufus the... Sewell. Rufus Sewell. Gladiator. That's who is Gladiator. Uh, Jay Courtney. 
Tati Gabrielle. I couldn't think of his name. I was like, I was going to say he's essentially Nero in Gladiator for those who don't Yeah, know I mean, like, it's like this most famous role. <laughs> but uh, so a fairly well-known cast. And, you know, it was interesting. Like, was it my favorite thing I've seen this year? Probably not. But like, it was no. interesting. Yeah, I think it was a, a good story. And it's loosely based off of actual real story of $7 billion in bonds that went missing during Hurricane Sandy in New York oh. City. <clears throat> yeah, so basically they just took that real life story and applied it to a very fictional heist, um, which is interesting because for it being completely fiction, they um, did a lot of things with the characters that I was like, well, why would you, why? It didn't, ha- <laughs> it didn't have to be this way why, why? if it's fiction, you know? Like, if that happened in real life, I get it, but, like, well, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I was really excited to watch, I know you watched this as well over the, the holiday break, mm-hmm. is... Season two of Alice in Borderland, and yes, I don't know if everyone would be into this, but it's something I suggest to people, especially if you like to watch foreign film, Japanese film. It's really, I think, good, interesting. Someone described it because obviously Jade Squid Games is much more, I feel like, much more popular and mainstream. Yeah, someone said it's like Squid Games without the prizes, and that made me laugh so much. Uh, <laughs> I think we talked about it before on the show. It's essentially a game where kind of an alternate world where these folks find themselves in and they are forced to play games. Mm -hmm. And what they do is essentially they win a card in a deck of cards. So every game corresponds to the difficulty level is like if you it's a three Mm -hmm. of clubs, you are like, oh, this is a level three game. So it's not too difficult. Yeah. And each suit actually corresponds to a different type of game so yeah. like hearts is a what is it it's like it? it's emotion yeah like clubs are teamwork diamonds are intelligence spades are physical, spades are physical. Yeah. yeah so it's 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 an interesting concept game there's a lot more nuance to it like for yes. example you only have so many days yeah that you can't play a game you have like and, a visa so yeah. it's like you can't just not play the games but you get to like live in the city yeah and you're just in the city and you're fine but if you decide not to play a game after so many days, you lose your visa and you die. You know, one of the things that I know that I'm missing from this, though, uh, I love the film. I mm-hmm. like not the film. I love the, the yeah. TV series. I think I'm missing cultural nuances in some of the <laughs> speeches because there's a lot, especially in two, there's a lot of existential lot of, monologues yeah. where these people are just espousing things that I know. And I can pick up on some of the nuances. They're railing against things like just kind of like life in general or capitalism or things like that but i'm like i'm probably missing some cultural nuances in the show that would only make sense if i lived in those areas the whole thing is they're all trying to find what their purpose to live for because the the idea is they don't really know where they are they're like back in their city but not really in this city so they don't know if they if there's anything beyond this and beyond the game so the whole time each one of the questions like what am i surviving for like is there a way back home? Do I even want to go back home? And then that's something that they're asked, you know, towards the ends of this season and, and they kind of have to reconcile with is like, is this new world really the world they want to live in forever? Or do they want to try to figure out the things that were holding them back in their previous world? And anyways, it's it's really fascinating. The, the games themselves are really interesting. They're really cool. It's a little bit bloody, a little gory. Um, really fascinating, and then I think there's some just really good um kind of existential life stuff. Yeah, 
No, yeah. it's great. So, I mean, definitely would recommend Alice in Borderland and... Um, what did we just talk about? Holy crap, I'm just losing my freaking mind here. The menu? <laughs> the, no, the oh. kaleidoscope. There we go. Oh, kaleidoscope, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I need Woo. some sleep or food. I don't know what's going on. But Jade, uh, where can folks uh, find us between now and uh, the next episode? You can find us on all of our socials. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok as Our Taste is Trash. You can also find us on our website, OurTasteIsTrash.com. Oh, I should mention we're going to go use our new movie passes and see The Whale. Uh, So we're going to be reviewing that for our next film. We're going to tell you all about how awesome, hopefully, Brendan Fraser is. If not, we're going to... If this movie isn't great, it's either going to be a treasure or it's going to be a fucking dumpster fire. There's, yeah. there's no in between for me. On if this. it's a dumpster fire, we'll profusely apologize. But, yeah. you know. So look forward to the next episode. Jeremy Renner, we hope you're feeling better. And uh, we'll see you guys uh, next time. To get ourselves a treat.